We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. minutes a day 365 days a year this is the pack a day podcast welcome back packers fans to the pack a day podcast it is the thursday edition of the pack a day podcast but based on our voices everybody probably thinks that they got up Went to work today, and now it's not a work day because it's Saturday, but it's not. We are not your no. Saturday crew anymore. Not your Saturday crew anymore. I am one of your hosts of the Thursday Packaday Podcast, Jason Perrone, along with Paul Brettel of the Packaday Podcast, Dairyland Express, Cheesehead TV, and the Packers Unrestricted Podcast. And welcoming back to our team after a, a, the 2021 season has ended is Mark Eckel, who used to join us on Saturdays. Mark, we'll start with you. We are so glad that you're back. I'm sure your former team misses you greatly. I listened to all of your shows with them as well and all of the insight that you dropped. But welcome back to the Thank trio you, with me and Paul. Yes, we, we, you know, the band's back together. We, they brought us back. I think it was, I think Andy got a lot of pressure. Andy, Andy Herman is, is the guy that runs Pack a Day for those who don't know. Everybody knows that, but in case you don't know. I think a lot of, I think there was a lot of Packer fans clamoring to bring us back together, they they missed us. Yeah, you know, I know you. I know you. You and you and Paul did a great job with Matt. You know, and I did nothing. But I mean, we were the A team, right? I mean, everybody knows that. <laughs> well, everybody, it depends. I mean, we, I mean, every show has the their Packers, every every the show Packers, has their their stands. News for us, right? I mean, the Packers were giving us. They were waiting to do stuff on Fridays. We could talk about it on uh, Saturday. That was. So, I mean, every, we, you know. That was a phenomenal run we had in the off season last year, wasn't it? <laughs> Every week it was like we were just getting we were just getting nugget after nugget. We were so lucky, but well, the Packers know they know who to, they know who to save the good stuff for. Well, they didn't this week. <laughs> well, they didn't they didn't know we're back yet. Next week, they know. <laughs> yeah. Well, they we're follow, back. They don't follow Twitter like like we were the rest of us. They don't know. This now is, they know. This is what you Look, tune in. Matter of fact. Gutenkunst, Ball, and Murphy are listening right now, saying, "Oh my God, Mark, Paul, and Jason are back." <laughs> well, if if uh, if they're listening, it's because Mark Eccles on the show. I don't know about I don't know about me and Paul, you're or right. definitely, it's definitely not me. It's going to be more Paul and Mark because you guys are the writers that put out the good content. Well, listen, let me tell you, let me say this: the last time we were together was was prior to the start of this of the twenty twenty one season, right? And I think all three of us were kind of you know worried that the only thing that could stop the Packers this year 
was your special teams. <laughs> How'd things turn out? Okay. Here we go. As this the, is why we listen, this is why we listen to it, right? As the special teams play was unfolding over the course of the season, I thought back to one of our episodes where we all picked our three – we each picked our biggest concern and Mark yours was special teams. And I just kept thinking about that as the season unfolded, unfolded, and then, unfortunately, how it ended as well. Well, Jay's, we, we had several texts during the course of the year where it was like, can you believe this? <laughs> yeah. I mean – we stayed. Well, think, we we yeah. stayed. We stayed in touch, and we we downloaded, and we've already we've already commiserated on how the season ended. So obviously, we know that uh, we know how that's gonna gonna go, and how all of that that went, and all of it went down. But you know, and but well, before we well before we dig in, as you know, where we always have to start. So on our particular show, I know Matt Fralick said he was going to keep the weather report alive and well on the Saturday show, but. <laughs> We have to because we have all three sides of the country covered with the three of us once again. We got the East Coast, the Midwest, and the West Coast. And I got some weather from, uh, from elsewhere. No Australia. I didn't get any Australia. Paul, uh, Paul, did you get any Australia? Anything east of uh, Scotland? Okay. Norway. Well, nor- oh, well, then you're up. We've got to start with Norway. you got to go as far east as possible. So Robin Erickson is about 45 minutes southeast of Oslo, Norway. The high is plus four Celsius, so that's 39 Fahrenheit. I appreciate the conversion, Robin. The low is 34 degrees Fahrenheit. Sunny, ground is covered in ice and snow, but easily manageable levels. And he also adds, welcome back among the weathermen, Mr. Eckel. Wow. (laughs) Everyone's really been paying attention. Everyone's really been paying attention to this new group that we're a part of. So that's awesome. All right, Robin, thanks so much. And I've got Mr. Scott Cameron, who was a big fan of ours when we were together on the Saturday show before, who says, pretty typical Scottish weather this week, 30 to 40 Fahrenheit. Again, another another kind conversion to Fahrenheit for us. Windy with rain, sleet, and snow. Nothing settling, though. Weekend looking better. Highs of 48. When I listen to Thursday's show, I will be driving down to Liverpool, which is 240 miles. He converted from kilometers to miles. For a Premier League game tomorrow night, weather looks nicer down south. Enjoy the game. Drive safe, Scott. Hopefully he had a good time because by the time he's listening to this, well, maybe he'll be listening to it while he's driving. And then we come stateside, and now we need to know where, and this is what I've been missing because we haven't had anybody who's <laughs> at the beach. Mark, how are we looking at the beach? Beautiful. I mean, <laughs> the last few, i tell you what, about three weeks ago, it was as cold as I've ever been since I've been here. Oof. It got down into the 20s. We had no. I didn't see. They said it snowed because I I'm not an early riser, but a lot of my friends put pictures up of snow here. Now by the time I I I, I don't get up that early, but by the time I got up, the snow was gone. I never I didn't see it. I wish I had, but I didn't see it. But it was cold. Now we're back today. We're taping Wednesday. Wednesday night, all day Wednesday. Today was like 60. Uh, today, Thursday, as we're as people are listening, it's going to be like mid sixties. Friday's going to be mid sixties. Yeah, I might be at the pool. I got a feeling I'm going to be at the pool today. Stop. <laughs> when I said when I said that about the twenties, I was actually shocked. I didn't realize that that was. I mean, is that was that anything close That's to cold. a record? Um, no, nah, because way back apparently they had a record for me. Five years, it's a record. <laughs> it hasn't been this cold in at least five years. But I think way back when they've had they've had colder, but. It was cold. I was cold. And I, they, that what they say about your blood thinning out is absolutely true. Oh, for sure. Because I mean, I, I should be used to that, right? I lived in Philly and Jersey. It was always twenty. Twenty wasn't terrible. We 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 got down to the single digits a lot. No, I was cold. 
I was really cold for a couple, about three, four days. But yeah, we're back to 60. Yep, yep. Well, and that's the, and overnight too, and all yeah, that yeah, kind all of stuff. Oh, jeez. Yep. And wind, we had some wind. It was it was nasty. Oh. I mean, I didn't need that. Now, I already go ahead. What's Arizona? How how nice is it? Yeah. Oh no, we got to go Green Bay first. I'm sorry. Not a ton of fun. Well, glad think glad that you're uh, that you're not frozen solid over there. And then yeah, the, oh, no. in the Dairyland state of Wisconsin, actually the weather's been all over the place. So Paul, I'm actually intrigued. I've been keeping tabs. How are we looking over there in Green Bay? Not beach weather, but it sure feels really nice out there. It's been upper 30s, and the average high in January was like 13. I think I saw. So when you get to 37, 38 degrees, um, and not much wind, it feels really really nice. So actually quite mild right now is there snow on the ground oh yeah there's still plenty of snow on the ground (laughs) (laughs) all right well as it currently stands here in scottsdale it's 77 degrees and it's sunny that's fahrenheit by the way and we're going to be right around 80 for about the next week and sunny so i'm thinking of all of you and sending warm thoughts your way all right see i gloss over it i don't i don't gloat everyone's (laughs) like why are you gloating and talking about i I make very quick work of the Phoenix weather because I know nobody wants to hear about it. But at the same time, come on down, visit, let's go. I mean, I don't know if there's going to be spring training anytime soon, but because that's about this is about the time when the snowbirds start coming out. I start seeing all the Canadian, Michigan, East Coast license plates, Iowa, all those, uh, all those cold weather destinations. Everyone's tired of the the cold weather, and then they come out here and they bring all of their crazy driving habits to Arizona. So <laughs> makes for a lot of fun on the we road. Get but the same thing, yeah, we yeah. get the same. Well, our friend we Harry. Our friend Harry in Kamloops, Canada, as always, uh, sunny, he said sunny Sunday, had our solid hour of sunlight on the property. So, Mark, I think Harry was sending us weather right at the, the end before you switched over to yeah. your um, your other team, and he still sends us weekly reports. So he's in a place in Kamloops such that there's a like a four- to six-week window where the sun doesn't even hit his property because of the um, way that it's, it's uh, situated on the mountain that he lives on. So he's at least getting one hour of sun on his property now. But he said it's been so foggy and cloudy in the mornings. I don't know if I'm being ripped off for more sun every day. But Thursday, clouds clearing, high 45, low of 25. So there's your weather report. All right. Time to talk some Packers football. So you already alluded to it. Special teams, it's already been announced. Rich Basaccia is the new special teams coordinator for the Green Bay Packers. There was a lot of talk about Matt LaFleur having conversations with him while he was coaching the Pro Bowl in Vegas. And since the Pro Bowl is useless, I'm glad that Matt LaFleur put his time to better use and actually came out of that with something. So it's already been covered by our other teams. But just real quickly, because like Mark said, we talked about special teams just turning everything upside down just a real quick thought from you i'll start with you mark since you had the, the first thought on it is um coaches versus players Basaccia comes in but what should the expectations really be high no well i mean higher let's say that i don't expect them to go from the worst to the best in a year but i i witnessed this firsthand um when i was covering the eagles when they hired john harbaugh the eagles were bad i mean it, from the, I started covering the team in the mid '80s, and they were the special special teams were not good. They weren't good. They weren't good. And then they then they hit a '97, I guess it was. Let's see, yeah, '98, '97. They hit a low. They were they were the worst. I, I wrote a story about this, and I said they were almost as bad as the Packers were this year. Almost, they were the worst that year. And at the, they fired the coach, and then a guy named Joe Wessel, and they brought in John Harbaugh. It was, had no NFL experience at that point. He was a college coach. Um, he was Jim's brother at that point. You know, I mean, nobody knew John Harbaugh. And he came in. 
they didn't change the, the roster didn't change much i mean it was basically the same they drafted a couple guys here and they're rookies but um but you could sense right from that first when we first interviewed harbaugh i remember walking away from that saying wow this guy's impressive i mean he's going to make a difference and they did i mean they improved in 98 the eagles were terrible the team went three and 13 but the special teams weren't bad they were like in the middle of the pack and everything. They improved in every area. Their punt return, they increased a yard to their punt return, their kickoff return, or maybe two yards. Kickoff returns were a yard yard better. <clears throat> Excuse me, coverage was better, uh, markedly better on both punt and kickoff. Uh, they didn't have any kicks blocked. You saw a, a you know a reliable, solid special team. Mm-hmm. Then they hire, then Ray Rhodes gets fired, but um, they hire Andy Reid. He keeps Harbaugh. Well, he was told this guy's really good you should keep him and he does smart move by by him and then Andy did something that I had never seen done before with prior Eagles coaches where he let Harbaugh do whatever he wanted basically and he also gave him both during training camp and during the season where the whole day was just it was special teams practice like Donovan McNabb had the day off you know other veterans had days off and it was the, the whole practice was just special teams not like not 20 minutes out of the two hours were sp- – no. It was hardball ran to practice. You know, Andy's – you know, was there watching, obviously. But it was hard – it was like one day a week was just special teams. And between hardball's attitude and schemes and then Andy giving him time, by – that was – this is 99. Mm-hmm. By 2001, the Eagles had the best special teams in sure. the league. And stayed that way through – I mean, they were top five almost every year under hardball. So – Yes. I mean, yeah, you, of course you need players. You can't have, you know, bad players out there. But I don't think the players were as much a problem as this. I mean, the Packers, we, we, we talked about this a lot of times, that the, the depth of this roster. They had good depth. Well, well, when you have good depth, your special teams should be good because that's the bottom guys are the ones that play special teams. Mm. I mean, the Eagles roster wasn't exceptionally deep. What Harbaugh did, and I've, I've, you know, I've, I talked to players through the years about this. He made them feel wanted. Usually, a lot of times, or at least on the, back then with the Eagles, the guys that played special teams, it was like, yeah, you know, I, I lost my linebacker job. I got beat out for the for the outside linebacker job, so I have to play special teams. Or, you know, I'm the backup tight end, so I got to play special teams. But you have that like the defeatist attitude, and I don't know. I'm not saying that's the case in Green Bay, but it, but it might be. Mm-hmm. Harbaugh gave these guys like, hey, listen, you're not you're a starter. Right. You're starting on a, on my special teams. Mm-hmm. We're gonna have and we're gonna have the best special teams in the league, and you're gonna be a part of it, and you're gonna be the reason reason why. The attitude just overnight became, yeah, I'm the best special teams player in the league. I'm gonna we got it. Just you saw it, and you you know you you saw the guys talking about special teams, and and, and Harbaugh used to give out these crazy different awards for different things that they would do every week. And um, it just became, it became fun to play special teams for the Eagles instead of being like a punishment for not making this, the, the starting lineup. Yeah. Well, that's a great, that's a, that's an awesome story about how it can go. I think I just, I, I think back to, you know, I know Jake Westendorf, our fearless leader over at game on Wisconsin and, and my former podcast buddy always said, you get what you emphasize. So Paul are, is, is, where are you at? Coaches, players, you get what you emphasize. Obviously, the Packers have to spend more time on it, but Rich Bisaccia and the expectations fans should have as far as uh, what this next year could look like. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. 
don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I mean, I think they're going to be improved, and I think Basaccia is a great first step in that direction. And the Tom Silverstein, in one of his articles um, from some sources that he has, this, I, I, we can't confirm this because coaches' salaries are unknown for the most part, but supposedly Basaccia is going to be the highest-paid special teams coordinator in football at about $2 million per year. So that already is a step in the direction, the right direction, from where the Green Bay Packers were previously. If you guys recall in 2019, Green Bay was interviewing Darren Rizzi. He's since been with New Orleans mm-hmm. and under and with New Orleans, they've had some of the better special teams units mm-hmm. in football. Reportedly, that deal didn't get done. He was ready to join the Packers, but they kind of lowballed him from what it sounds like. So the fact that they're making Basaccia the highest paid special teams coordinator in the game, reportedly. Uh, Again, that's already a a good step in the right direction. And just them showing that, hey, we're going to put an emphasis on that. And the biggest takeaway I had from what Mark just said was the uh, the Eagles devoting an entire day to special teams. I'm not going to sit here going into the summer expecting to see that from Matt LaFleur and the Packers. But I talked about that on our last show. There needs to be that added emphasis on it in the meeting rooms, uh, on the practice field throughout the season. Because like you said, Jason, you get what you emphasize. None of us are at practice, but based on what we see on TV on Sundays, I'm guessing there's very little emphasis on that third unit. So if, if you're but, if, yeah, if you're the head coach, you have to be in that room, don't you? It's the, it was the third straight season in a row that they underachieved. And I know it's really it's really unfair to make to make the achievement goal the Super Bowl, but you were in the NFC Championship game two years in a row, and you hosted it one year. You complete, and you lost this past year because you didn't have the right players coaching anything. You didn't have ten. You had ten guys on the field on the final play. Like it was just an unmitigated disaster. And we're only three seasons removed from 2018 and the debacle that was the last game of that season. Now that season was lost. The Packers didn't care. The players didn't care, and so that's why their special teams gave up a touchdown to a kicker that was throwing a ball into the end zone but 
if you're Matt LaFleur and you're you're in charge of all of it, you can't just sit here and say, hey, I'm an offensive coach and special teams really should only account for 15% of the equation. So we just need our offense and defense to be good enough so that that 15% doesn't matter. Like, no, it's it does matter. And it's, it, it absolutely bit them in the tail. So more to come on that. But I know we didn't didn't come here to talk special teams for the entire show, but I did want to at least get some of our thoughts there. But we're going to turn our attention to some of the Packers unrestricted free agents that are currently not signed or currently not under contract in Green Bay and talk through some of the bigger names. Now, we're not going to go through all. I think we said there were 13 of them. We're not going to go through all 13 of them. You've got some of them that are that, you know, that are out there, too. Like you've got Oren Burks, for example, uh, Tyler Lancaster, you know, things like that here. But some of these names are worth noting and talking about. And obviously the headliner of that list is wide receiver Devontae Adams, who is currently an unrestricted free agent and reports came out that he's looking to be the highest paid receiver in the NFL. What that means can vary from player to player, from the way the team looks at it versus the way the player looks at it. But if we start by looking at how we feel about what the Packers may do with Aaron Rodgers, I think that's also a big clue to what they're going to do with Devontae Adams because if Aaron Rodgers is coming back, and we don't know that to be the case yet, then you obviously want the cupboard stocked, and he's one of the best receivers, if not the best receiver in football, depending on how you look at it. So, Mark, I am assuming that you want Devontae Adams back. Spoiler alert, I absolutely do. You do whatever the heck you need to to get this guy back in Green Bay. I'm not sure. Okay. I really not. I don't. He's going to be 29. What to give to give a wide receiver that kind of money? And he's going to want at least a five year deal, right? I mean, he's not going to take a two year deal or three year. He's going to want five, six years. So now you're talking about him being like 34, 35. Wide receivers don't aren't that good then. Um, as great as he is now. You have to look big picture and look forward. I'd rather keep some other guys maybe. Now listen, if they bring him back, I'm not going to be upset. But I'm also not going to be crying if, if he goes because it's a lot of – I mean, you could get by with good wide receivers. It's nice to have a great one. And the Rams are – the Rams blow my theory this year – and I guess the Bengals, too, with Chase. But teams have won Super Bowls with a good set of wide receivers. Not, like yeah, look the at great the Patriots. Look at the Patriots. Perfect exactly. example. They've never had a great wide receiver. Well, they had Moss the one year, and they didn't win. They lost. But, I mean, if you look at the great wide receivers of recent years, none of them ever won a Super Bowl. You know, they they put up big numbers, and they do well, but they don't. You know, I again, I, I always go back to my Eagle days, but this is really a Packers story. When Andy, I remember when when Andy Reid and I used to actually talk to each other. Um, I remember talking to him about Sterling Sharp, and I never forget this story. Andy said to me, "As great as Sterling Sharp was, we got better when he got hurt and and had to re, re, retire." And it was crazy to think that, but he said, "You know." Because all Brett would do is look for is look for Sharp, and then he wasn't there anymore. So he had to go to Freeman. He had to go to Brooks. He had to go to the other guys that that we had. He had to use the tight end more. He had to throw to the backs, and it it made Brett better and it made us better. And they did win. They didn't win a Super Bowl with Sharp, but they won it without him. Um, 
again, I'm not saying get rid of Devontae Adams, but with a team as cap-strapped as the Packers are, I don't want to lose three other players because they're keeping Devontae Adams. I don't think Devontae Adams means more to the Packers than, say, Campbell, Douglas, and pick another guy. I don't know. Um, having to cut, you know, Preston Smith. Well, Tunyon's another story because he's hurt, but um, there are other guys like Elton Jenkins is going to need a new deal sooner mm-hmm. or later. Um, yeah, and, and it's, again, that's a good point, Mark. It's not just about the UFAs this year. You got to look a year or two ahead, which is what Brian Gutekunst is paid to do. Yeah, and Russ Ball for that matter, Russ Ball. more so. But yeah, I mean, I, listen, I love Devontae Adams. He had a, I was the guy defending him a few years ago whenever people wanted to get rid of him because he had that, he had that bad second year. He's had a great career, but. To make him the highest paid wide receiver, that's a lot of money. And there's and when you're making that much, there's no getting around the, the, the cap number. It's going to be Big. pretty high. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm all for tagging him and trading him and getting more assets in. But so we'll let me ask you this. So if you're not totally sold on Adams of the list of free agents, of the list of unrestricted free agents, who's your number one priority as far as maybe that Campbell. sweet spot of Devondre Campbell? Campbell. Okay. Not even close. I know that's Paul's guy, but I like him too. <laughs> right? No, you got to bring him back. You saw the difference that that, that he made. Right. And yeah, he's he not going. And he's not asking to be the highest paid inside linebacker in football. No, I mean he should. He should definitely not sell himself short. He had an All Pro season, no. but I did say on the last show that I did, um, and Paul can vouch for this too. I did say there's probably going to be a little bit of regression to the mean because, yeah, I still think Campbell's a, a, a big upgrade at, at inside linebacker. I mean, even if he does regress to the mean, I still think he's the player you want out there. He's he's was very good, and I, I think he's very good in this particular defense here. But, Paul, I guess let's kick it over to you for for break the tie here on Devontae Adams. Mark is not so sure. I was absolutely got to bring him back. Where, are you, where do you stand on 17? I mean, as far as what the Packers are going to do, it's I think this is a pretty simple answer. If Rodgers is back, Adams is back. If Rodgers is gone, Adams is gone. Mm-hmm. I just don't see a world where Rodgers comes here and he's okay with Devontae Adams signing elsewhere. So I think it's pretty cut and dry in that regard. Uh, and then as Mark alluded to as well, I know the he's asking for like $30 million per year to make him the highest paid receiver in the game. And the Packers are cap strapped. But if the Packers want to sign someone, they want to sign Devontae Adams to that amount, um, they absolutely can. But as Mark alluded to, there's there's trade-offs with that. Who, who, who gets cut at that point? Who can't you re-sign? So that's part of the puzzle that Brian Gutekunst has to – put together with Russ Ball and the rest of management. But as far as Devontae Adams go, I think it's pretty cut and dry. If Rodgers is here, so is Adams. If Rodgers is gone, I think that's the point for the Packers to reset in that regard at the receiver position. Yeah, that would make a lot of sense. And so why don't we do this? One more point, too. What's the Packers' record in games that Adams has missed the last couple years? They won them all, all, almost all. How about that? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. And and, and, and if and if you're frustrated if you're frustrated at the hero ball that we saw against San Francisco a little bit, some would say that if you take Adams away, maybe that maybe Lazard isn't forgotten. I and that that was a screen grab, by the way. I think when someone actually broke down the film of that play of that throw that that long throw to Adams, that Lazard was open by the time that picture was taken. But when Rodgers actually started his throwing motion, that was not where Lazard was yet. So yeah, you can't I, always look at those things. Yeah, I don't want to make excuses for it. But what I was going to say is, is let's lump these into 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 groups here because you have some position okay. groups here on this unrestricted free agent list. So let's go cornerback. You got um, you got Russell Douglas, Chanted Sullivan, Kevin King, Isaac Adams on that list, but he's already cut, so he's not on the Packers anymore. So Russell Douglas, 
Channy Sullivan and Kevin King are all unrestricted free agents. Cornerback is one of those premier positions. You want to have players that are, are really good, but you've got, for me, I, I say if Russell Douglas is, wants to stay in Green Bay and he says it's not going to take much to bring him back, I don't see why you don't bring him back. But if you look at Channon Sullivan and Kevin King, I think those are two more intriguing guys for us to talk about. So, Paul, we'll switch it up. We'll start with you as far as what you're doing there. One back, two back, all three back, or does it depend? Uh, so as far as Razul Douglas goes, and this is just my pure speculation, I feel like between him and Campbell, it's one or the other. And for me, that's Devondre Campbell because at cornerback you have Jair Alexander, you have Eric Stokes. I mean, we saw this past year how important cornerback depth was for this Packers team, but you have a great foundation. At linebacker, you don't have that. You have Chris Barnes, you have Ty Summers, Ray Wilborn, Isaiah McDuffie. I mean, if, if Devondre Campbell's not back – linebacker is all of a sudden a massive need on this defense. Chris Barnes has shown that he can be certainly a a very capable NFL player, but he was much better this season in the Robin role rather than 2020 where he had to be Batman. So I think the Douglas uh, decision comes down to those two and my guess to go Campbell. And I also could see Devondre Campbell's contract being less. I know he was an all pro, but in terms of, uh, premier position cornerback versus linebacker. I could see him um, not costing Green Bay as much either. So, of course, I want Razul back, but that's my guess in that regard. Kevin King, uh, I mean, shoot, I didn't think he was going to be back last year, but I'll assume that he's not going to be back this year. Chandon Sullivan, I would keep. Green Bay Packers need a slot cornerback. And by PFF's numbers, like uh, snaps per target, yards uh, yards per target, allowed Shannon Sullivan in several of those slot corner categories ranked in the top eight or nine among all slot cornerbacks in football, uh, which I think the list was like 30, 35, 40 players, something like that. So he ended up ranking very well. And I would rather have, I know Jair Alexander has that ability to play inside. And I certainly think there's going to be times where we, we see him in there. You know, if they're playing the the Rams and they're going up against Cooper cup, you know, we're probably going to see more of Jair Alexander in the slot, but, I would prefer him to take a majority of his snaps on the boundary. I think that's more valuable for him and what he can add to this team with that shutdown ability that he brings. So Shannon Sullivan, I'll say back. Razul Douglas, I'll say he walks. And then Kevin King, I'll say that he walks as well. Although at the end of the season, they were playing Kevin King in kind of like that third safety role, which was kind of interesting. But I still think that they'll move on from him and they'll be able to find someone you know, who can fill that back end of the cornerback role for a cheaper cost. What's interesting to me about uh, this equation and, and some of those numbers, Paul, is I felt like Chan Sullivan did okay, but I thought he got picked on against really good quarterbacks. Good quarterbacks found him and they were able to exploit him. So I'm curious if some of those numbers could be adjusted based on who the passer was, because if you let Rasul Douglas go, then you're essentially back. Even if Kevin King is still in the fold, you're essentially back to Eric Stokes, Kevin King, Jair Alexander, which is with what they started this past season with. And I thought the less snaps the King played, the better. If you keep Russell Douglas, then you've got three capable starting corners and you've got Shannon Sullivan as your fourth guy. And I've always talked about how snap counts and allocation is really the key. If you have guys playing the right number of snaps, then they're very good and very effective for you. If they have to overplay, then they're not as good. I don't know that I necessarily want to have that need there because if if both King and, and Rasul walk as it stands, and I don't know how you feel about Shamar Jean Charles on the roster and if he's ready to play at corner, then you've got Jair 
Eric Stokes, and then Shannon Sullivan becomes your third corner. And I just don't know if that's necessarily the equation that we want there. I think they can find a way to bring Rasul back and Devondre Campbell, but it just depends on if these players are really committed to playing for a winner versus getting the bag. So, Mark, we'll turn it over to you on the cornerback position in those three. I would have signed Rasul Rasul Douglas, who's my guy. I would have signed him five minutes after he had that press conference where he said, I want to come back. It won't take much more than I made now. Mm-hmm. Russ Ball could have, been, could have dragged him out of that press conference into his office, had a piece of paper in front of him saying, okay, here we go. <laughs> let's go. Let's get done right now. We're going to give you a little, even more than a little more than you want. You know, that should have been done. Because, um, you know, his agent grabbed him instead and said, Rosal, what are you saying? <laughs> you know, don't say that. Don't tell the media that. But I know Rosal a little bit. He's a humble kid. He's a, He grew up in, this, in, this, in a rough part of Jersey, uh, went to a JUCO. He's bounced around. He's on practice squads, cut by three teams. I don't think he wants. I don't think he's going to demand a lot of money. He just wants security for once. He he knows he played the best football of his life in this defense under Joe Barry, under Jerry Gray. So I don't think he. I don't think you know if the Texans offer him a crazy contract. I think he'd rather stay in Green Bay for, you know, a, let's be honest. $2 million is a lot of money for Roswell Douglas. Mm-hmm. It's not for any NFL standards, but for him, it's a lot of money. $3 million would be like, wow, $4 million. Whatever it takes. I mean, he's not, you know, I don't I don't think he needs that $10 million that Houston's going to give him to be on a terrible team in a defense that might not suit him, and he winds up getting cut again. You know, so I, I think you can get him done, and I would make him a priority after Campbell. I'm, I'm with Paul that if I can't get them both, but I'm keep. I want both of them, and that's why I might have to let Devontae Adams go, or to some some other guys that that we'll talk about in a, in, a, in a couple minutes. But yeah, because Alexander Stokes Douglas, I like that. Mm-hmm. I like that a lot. Yeah, and uh, and opposing quarterbacks aren't going to like it. I get that. Um, that I get. There's only so much money to go around, but I just feel like if you've got a capable guy like that that played well in Joe Barry's defense, and he was, even if he didn't play, it wasn't as impactful at the last couple games as he was through that point if you're if you got a guy who's who's gonna house three or four picks a year that's worth something i mean that's playmaking kevin king sure wasn't gonna do that so king i don't care king if if king wants to come back for for minimum on a you know one year minimum deal and and play that role that paul alluded to that that he played that uh, later in the year to dime linebacker yeah if he wants to do that but i'm not he's not getting a penny over minimum it's all been the same way if he wants to take the minimum Okay, again, and you could be my fourth corner, um, but yeah, I'm not giving either one of those guys money. Put it that because I don't, I don't, I don't have any. I don't, I can't. Um, yeah, I should. Douglas, I would. I, I can't go crazy for Douglas. And again, if some team blows him out of the water and he decides to go there, God bless him for you know he'll he'll, he'll make his his payday. But I don't. Again, I know him a little bit. I don't. We're, we're not best friends, but I did cover him for a year. I got to know him. I did stories on him for other for NFL things. Um, he's not about money. He's about being happy and and playing well. And I think you know he found his he found his place. Mm-hmm. Um, you know we we read all the stories about him being the last guy, the first guy there in the morning, and the staying real late at night studying. That's the kind of kid he is. And yeah. um, I think I think he wants to be in Green Bay. And I I don't I I agree with. I don't think it's going to take crazy crazy money to keep him there. I hope I'm wrong. I hope I'm right. I mean I you know we'll find out I guess soon enough. But I'd get him done now. I wouldn't let him get on the market so a team like Houston or somebody can't offer him a crazy deal. 
Yeah, and he bounced around a lot. He bounced around a lot, and if he found oh, a home gosh. here, then then you know, I guess that's that's fine. I think Paul's take is a good one. It's it's kind of a cautionary tale of like, hey, there's only so much money to go around, and the Packers have some pretty heavy hitters that they've got to get taken care of here. So, but the cornerback yeah, position is, is is important. So I understand I understand where you're coming from because it's it's premier, and if you got a, a playmaker, they're not cheap. They're not going to be cheap. I should have added this disclaimer. I'm oh. under the I'm under the the thought process that Aaron Rodgers is going to be back. And as I mentioned, if Aaron Rodgers is back, I think Devontae Adams is back. If both are gone, I think there definitely is a world where a realistic world where Campbell and Douglas can both be brought back. But I should I should have led with that in in going through what the decision making is that I'm going through. Sure. Yeah, that's fair. That's totally fair. That just corners that corners an important position, and so that's why kind of why I wanted to wanted to start there. I, that next, I was going to kind of lump in the offensive linemen. Because you've got, and this might be a shorter conversation, I think, because on, on this list, the, the the big names are Dennis Kelly and Lucas Patrick. So Dennis Kelly, my understanding is, is that Kelly was on the doorstep of retiring and the Packers coaxed him out to come back and be depth on their offensive line. He played okay. I don't know how well he did in the conference championship game, if he struggled or not, because they tinkered around with the lineup and he was on the right side. Billy Turner was on the left-hand side. So is, is he's 32 years old. So is he still a... a potential piece of uh, depth that you bring back and have a veteran that can step in there. If you end up in a unfortunate situation where one of your, your starters goes down, um, Elton Jenkins going down kind of created a little bit of a domino effect there. They didn't Bakhtiari wasn't able to come back either. Uh, so to me, Dennis Kelly is kind of a wait and see Lucas Patrick, the other at guard and center with his experience and his relationship with the quarterback and his versatility He's only 28 and a half years old. I think Lucas Patrick is, is a piece you got to bring back. You got to find a way to, to keep him and, and keep that depth on the offensive line. Mark, uh, those two, Dennis Kelly, Lucas Patrick. I love Lucas Patrick. I, I was the, I was the one when everybody wanted to cut him last year saying, no, you don't cut him. He, you, you need him. You know, um, he's like you said, versatile guard center, but now I don't think it's going to be, I think it's going to be out of the Packers hands. I think he deserves to be a starter somewhere. Mm-hmm. And there's probably, I'm like, off the top of my head, 17 teams, more than half the league, where he can be a starter. Sure. I don't, I don't know. If he, I don't think he's a starter anymore in Green Bay. I think they're, they're set with Myers at center. I think they like what they have with Runyon and Newman at guards. And Jenkins, when, if and when he comes back, is going to have to play somewhere, if not right tackle, guard. Um, I just don't think, I think Patrick's going to get a, a better offer to be, you know, he'll get whatever a starting lineman makes, you know, the average of a starting lineman and green Bay's not going to be able to pay him. They're going to have to pay there. You know, if green Bay's offered him is going to be a modest, you know, be our sixth man. Well, the other, you know, the other thing, know. the other thing, Mark too is, and I know you know this, but, uh, Jenkins won't be back until the end of next. I mean, uh, the, the, right. the chip, Probably Lucas Patrick has right. quite a few chips as far as negotiating with the Packers. Yes and no. I mean, they, they, they still have Newman. I mean, they didn't start him. I mean, they, they did. They started him over Newman, but you kind of think they, they like Newman, right? I mean, mm-hmm. again, I mean, I don't, maybe not. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe they don't, don't like Newman. I think they do, though. I think I think Patrick's going to get a – the Packers going to offer him a deal similar to the one he's he's been playing on, which is about $2 million or so a year. Mm-hmm. Which isn't – you know, listen, that's – if he's happy with that and he don't mind being, you know – a sometime starters, kind of a six man. Great. 
I love to have him back. But I just think he's better than a lot of starting offensive linemen in, in the league. And some team's going to offer him, you know, six and a half million a year, you know, four years, 28 million or something, 27 million, whatever. And how can he say no to that when the Packers are offering him, you know, three years, six million or something? So, I again, I you know, I I'm, I'm just as all speculation on my part, all of our parts, but I just think they're going to lose him to a team that's going to make him their every their everyday starting center or or, or right guard. Yeah, uh, Kelly, whatever. I mean, <laughs> I, I wouldn't be in a hurry to sign him. Um, he, you see what you got in, you know, and see what happens in the draft. I mean, you could probably draft a, in the middle round somewhere a, a quality backup tackle. They had the kid from uh, Paul knows better than all of us. The kid from West, they drafted from Wisconsin last year, Van Lannan. Mm-hmm. Um, they seem to like him a little bit. They brought him up at the end of the year. Um, he could be your, he could be a good backup for you, maybe. If you can coax uh, Lucas Patrick, because to me, Royce Newman is still a, uh, he's going to get every opportunity to, to reclaim his starting right guard position in camp and mini camp in the off season. Cause he's that the Packers see him as the future, but he's still kind of a wait and see how is he going to bounce back in year two. He definitely struggled. And when they had to move somebody out of the starting lineup, he was the first one to go when, when they got Bakhtiari for that one game that he came back for. But Paul, it's kind of a simple headline. You you know, the games are a lot of people feel the games are won and lost up front in the trenches here. So we're talking about up front with the offensive line. And these aren't necessarily starters for the Packers, but the depth is obviously very important after we saw what the Packers dealt with this last season. Yeah, I mean, Mark, for the most part, took a lot of the words right out of my mouth. I think Patrick's <laughs> going to get more money elsewhere as a starter. And the interior offensive line specifically has been a position that Green Bay's invested in. Um, I mean, even without... Elton Jenkins, they still have a strong trio in Runyon, Myers, and uh, Royce Newman. Cole Van Lannan will have another year of experience. Obviously, the next step for him is to make the 53 instead of being on the practice squad. And there's something that they like about Jake Hansen. We'll, we'll see what happens there in terms of a backup center. But also something worth watching is what do the Green Bay Packers do at right tackle? I know we're talking about uh, unrestricted free agents, but Billy Turner could be a potential cap casualty. Do they move Yash Nyman over there? Because uh, he's shown that he's, you know, was a capable player at left tackle. Does Elton Jenkins take over there when they get when he returns from injury? Do they invest in that position in the draft? So we saw last year, and Jason mentioned how important offensive line depth is, but we know the Packers have to make tough decisions, and the interior offensive line specifically is a place where. I, in a perfect world, we would love to have Patrick back, but I think he's going to make more than he can make here in Green Bay, and that's a place with the players that we've already talked about where they can you know, absorb that loss. In terms of Dennis Kelly, again, 100% agree with Mark. If it gets to you know, be June, July, and tackle positions looking, looking a little thin in terms of depth, and he's willing to come back for you know, on a veteran minimum deal, pick up the phone, see, if, see, see where he's at, and if he wants to, if he hasn't been signed at that point. But... Um, again, that's not not necessarily a priority because, like Mark said, I think that's something you could potentially look at addressing in the draft. And then, as we mentioned, if Billy Turner's back, you know, that's a you have your starter right there. You have Yash Nyman potentially if they're willing to move him to the right side. And then when Elton Jenkins comes back as well, right? Okay, so I want to end with we have a couple other names too. I mean, I want to end with Robert Tunyon Jr. as kind of the last big name to talk about. Now, we obviously, if you guys have anything you want to add about. 
Tyler Lancaster, Oren Burks, and EQ, Equinemius St. Brown, you can. Those are, for me, very much wait-and-see guys, or maybe the Packers have already decided they want to move on. I think they'll figure out a way to bring Bajorquez back as the punter, and I don't know how much we want to spend talking about a punter at this point. But Tanya Jr. is an interesting case because he's going to probably start the season on pup unless he's really ahead of schedule on his rehab because he got hurt at the end of October, tore his ACL, Every player heals differently. He's definitely a workhorse, so he's not going to – he's like Bakhtiari. If there's a chance he's going to be on the field, he'll be out there as soon as humanly possible, but it's still an ACL injury. So it is – he finally reaches unrestricted free agency, had such a good couple seasons, and he was not as as impactful this past season before he got hurt, but I think he's still a big part of the offense. So – Mark, Robert Tunney Jr., what do you do with a guy like this who's who's currently injured and we don't necessarily know how quickly he's going to come back? Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m. and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com that's, that's the toughest one of them all, I think. I mean, from, the, from a monetary standpoint, the good news is he got hurt. So he's not going to be in demand. I mean, if this was Robert Tunyon coming off the year prior, he's going to he's going to he's, he's going to get Kittle kind of money. Yeah, he's gone, yeah. Right? I mean, yeah, um, coming, you know, getting a torn ACL and getting it when he did. I can't imagine him getting a big time deal from anyone. With that said, the Packers are a team now. Like we, we talked about the cap and can they bring Douglas back? Can they bring Campbell back? Can they do this? Can they do that? Well, every every hundred thousand dollars is important to this team. I mean, they're they're going to really have to, you know, count every dollar. And I don't know if they can afford to keep a guy like Tutton, no matter what he gets, to keep him. We saw what happened last year with a guy coming off a torn ACL, right? He spent the first six weeks on pup, so he was basically useless. Then he then he come back and practiced, but didn't play. Then he played a half in a meaningless game and couldn't play in the playoffs. So that was a lot of, I mean, and I'm not, hey, listen, I'm not, I'm not saying back to he wasn't hurt. I mean, he obviously couldn't play mm-hmm. or he would have played. Well, we don't know how tiny it's going to be. And the Packers this year with their cap situation can't afford, you know, to be paying Tunyon a million dollars, whatever it's going to be a one year deal for whatever. 
if he can't. So I think the medical reports, and I don't know how far along you are at this point with it, with that. But I mean, I would love that in a perfect world if they weren't so cap strapped. Yeah, you bring him back on a one-year prove-it deal. See how, see where he is. See, you know, he's a guy that probably wants to stay in Green Bay. He's played there his whole life. Great guy. Seems like a great teammate and everything. So yeah, in a perfect world, there's no doubt you bring him back. But when you when you're counting every dollar and you, and you want to keep some other guys, that might be a guy that you just. But again, I don't know who else is going to give him money. I mean, maybe a team with a ton of money will say, yeah, we'll we'll take a chance on him. Hope he gets better, and we got a you know a Pro Bowl caliber t- tight end for bargain deal. If that happens, I think you have to kind of just let nature take its course and maybe he does end up somewhere else. But the Bakhtiari, another good cautionary tale because you never know in the recovery process if something can go sideways in the healing, you know, as, as far as his healing his healing goes. So, uh, Paul, Robert Tunney Jr., the tight end position is pretty bare in Green Bay if you look at who's on the roster currently. Yeah, I mean, specifically pass-catching tight end, you know, if- uh, Mercedes Lewis is on under contract, but we don't know what his future holds. He could retire. They have Josiah DeGora, uh, Tyler Davis. Dominic Daphne's an exclusive rights free agent, so he'll in all likelihood be back. Those are four very good blocking options that the Packers have, but they don't have a true pass-catching option like a Robert Tunyon. And this offense, they, they missed him last year in the red zone over the middle, uh, those seam routes. And, oh, Josiah DeGora, this isn't, you know uh, – you know, me giving up on him by any means, but his game and Tunyon's game are different. They're asked to do two different things if both are healthy. So that pass-catching tight end, whether it's Tunyon, a uh, free agent, a draft pick, that's something that Green Bay is going to have to fill this offseason because it's such an important role. I tend to think that Tunyon is going to be back. Uh, as Mark had mentioned, We coming off the injury is going to affect his market. The question is to what degree, and I think Green Bay is gonna. I think that's one of the moves that Green Bay is gonna is gonna make because he's shown that he's an important part of this offense. He has the trust of Aaron Rodgers, which we all know is important. And again, that pass catching, true pass catching tight end, is something that this offense was missing last season with him out, and they're certainly missing it right now on their roster. Um, one other name I'll throw out there is MVS. We'll get you guys thoughts on mm-hmm. on him. I know there was a, a report from Packers Wire that he and the Packers both have mutual interest in in, re, in a return to Green Bay. And I'll say this, we know the deep ball is his bread and butter. And I do think the Green Bay Packers really missed that presence against the 49ers. Things in the passing game just seemed so much more condensed when the defense didn't have to worry about his 4-3-7 speed. And that's, the, that's where I was going with this. We know he has the deep ball, but he helps create for his teammates. And we've seen his game from his rookie year through last year evolve where he's making plays on those intermediate routes. It's a small sample size, but he was super efficient from the slot. So whether it's MVS or a rookie, I think or Green Bay needs to find that, you know, take the top off the defense type of guy because it is important to this offense. And we know Rodgers likes those shot plays as well. Um, and even if it's Jordan Love under center, that's still an important part of this offense. But if he's back or not, I'm going to go with no. Reason being, as I mentioned, I think Devontae is going to be back. I think Alan Lazard, who's a restricted free agent, his contract, if the Packers were to put like a second round tender on him, I think that's going to fall in like the three and a half, four million dollar range. Still not bad. Exactly. Um, so, again, that's not him and MVS skill sets very different, but I don't see a world where all three are back. That's a, a very you know reasonable cost for Lazard, especially with what he does on third downs, run game, all that stuff. So I, I'm going to go with MVS is going to end up elsewhere. 
Okay. Yeah. And I'm with, I'm more inclined, I, I guess maybe I think more with my heart than my head as far as stuff like that goes. And I just feel like he's it, it, with a receiver position as being what it is and knowing the quarterback is as picky as he is. I would say I'd rather have 83 than not, but I mean, financially it has to make sense. Mark, I don't know if you have any take on it on MVS. Yeah, I do. I want him back um, for all the reasons that Paul said. And that's, that's why I'll go back to the start of the show when I said, yeah, I, of course I want Devontae Adams back. He's one of the best, if not the best wide receiver in football, but at what cost? I, You know, if you're asking me, would I rather have Devontae Adams or Campbell, Douglas, and MVS? I think I'd rather have Campbell, Douglas, and MVS. Mm-hmm. And let Adam, I mean, if that's my choice, if that's, you know, that's up to Russ Ball and, and, and Gutenkunst and whoever, Matt LaFleur, I'm sure I have a little bit of a say. But, I mean, if, if the money says... If I keep Adams, I can't keep anybody else. I don't know. I don't think he's that. I know he's a, he's a great player. I'm not taking anything away from what he's done, but he's a wide receiver. I mean, I'm not I'm, I'm not going to lose three or four good players to keep a very 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 good wide receiver. I'm not again. The Packers may, and they may and I'm, they may prove right, and I might be wrong. But I'd rather have the other all those guys we, that we mentioned at the expense of losing Devontae Adams and keeping Devontae Adams and having to have, and having no good linebacker now and you know less depth at corner and no speed receiver and and maybe you don't get Lazard back either if you keep Adams. I don't know. I mean he is restricted, but like you said, it's gonna cost you three and a half million. Mm-hmm. Yep. You can't money's not gonna fall out of the sky. You know, the the the, the league's not gonna tell the Packers, hey that's okay, you can go over the cap. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean it's, it is what it is. So um, it'll be you know it's I, I again and again we we, even, we didn't even talk about guys that they might have to cut well, mm-hmm. we, we, we allude to Billy Turner maybe and guys like that well there's Preston Smith and a bunch of other you know Mason Crosby we'll save that for Lewis. we should actually save that, that for, for another show, show. Yeah, and hope the saying. other and hope the other shows aren't listening right now so they don't steal that idea <laughs> I'm saying that by keeping Adams it could turn a lot. It might be more than three or four guys. It could be five, six guys that mm-hmm. aren't on the team because you kept Devontae Adams. Yeah, no, absolutely true. That's intriguing. I mean, hopefully, if, well, like you said, if if Mark Murphy and Russ Ball and Brian Gutekunst are tuned in and listening to this podcast, we just gave them the blueprint for how they can manage this, <laughs> navigate through this this off season. So more to come on this topic for sure, and we'll have something fun to talk about next week. But before we sign off, writings and musings around the... Um, the writing world, and I will have another Quick Slants podcast up at Game On Wisconsin on Monday. Mark, over at Packer Report, what do we have up now and what's coming up? Up now is um, the story that I alluded to earlier about what John Harbaugh uh, meant to the Eagles and how a special teams coach can make all the difference in the world if you if you let him do his thing. Uh, coming up, we'll see. I, we'll see how things go and break. I'm hoping there'll be some more news and worthy things coming up. Um, so for the week to come, we'll we'll play by by year there. Okay, and Paul over at Dairyland Express and Cheesehead TV. Uh, Cheesehead TV talked about the tight end position. Basically, what I just went on a mini rant on with needing that pass catching option, and then at Dairyland Express, we're diving into mock drafts because why not? And then I also have a series called Cut Them, Keep Them, and Prediction. So those cap casualties that Mark had mentioned, we discussed on a few occasions in this episode. I'm going player by player talking about why the Green Bay Packers would keep them, kind of a pros and cons, why they'd cut them, 
pros and cons, and then I make my prediction. So that's up at Dairyland Express. So far, we've done Preston Smith and Randall Cobb. Good stuff. And check it out if you want more insight into other players as well. It's good to have the, the, the band back together, as we said. So we will be back again next Thursday with more weather updates. We'll hear from Mark over at the beach and anybody else who's got weather to send over to us. So in the meantime, with the exception of myself, because I'm already nice and warm, I hope everybody else stays warm this week. Stay safe and go Pack Go. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. 
Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.